begin to record. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final two podcasts. We took a two-week hiatus, but we are back stronger than ever. And today we have two very special guests, UK sports marketing and promotions executive and trading marketing coordinator at Babylon, Jacob Whaley, as well as executive director of placement, outreach, and alumni relations at Fairleigh Dickinson University, Mary Sakin. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, guys. Welcome, <laughs> How welcome. How's the summer treating you guys? Been great. Very nice. What you I'm not, I, haven't, I haven't quite caught as much sun as Mary has. But it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. In the UK, we're not treated to quite the same weather, but it's been good. That's good. <laughs> How was it being in UK coming after you? Um, yeah, it's the UK is somewhere that right now I think is in the news for all of the wrong reasons, but it's somewhere that you know I'm I'm happy to call home. So it's been interesting being back and adapting back from the the New Jersey life back into uh I've actually moved to London, so it's not too dissimilar, but it's like a slightly it's like a takedown version of New York. So we're getting there. <laughs> Somewhere awesome. a place I want to go to someday. Honestly, I've heard a lot about it, and it seems like an amazing place. But how did you get in contact with FDU? What was it that got you to FDU? So I'm I'm originally from a very small town in the UK called the Wirral that nobody will have ever heard of. But the closest city I could tell you guys is Liverpool. So for any soccer fans out there, hey, um, Muhammad Salah, <laughs> yes sir. It's been, it's been a very good year on that front. Um, so it, it's a very it's a kind of insular, almost like a bubble type place. So to end up in New York was quite interesting. So tennis has been a big part of my life. It's something I've been doing since I was five years old. And when I got to around the ages of 13, 14, my coach at the time started to talk about the opportunities in America and becoming a college athlete out there. And it wasn't really something I'd ever really thought about until some of the guys who were a few years older than me started going. And I would hear some of the stories of, the way athletes are treated out there and kind of the facilities and the opportunities and it became a bit of a no-brainer for me so um, I was put in touch with a recruitment agent called Sarah Borwell who owns a business called Tennis Smart and they help international students get placement into universities in America and did all the information all of the process the video and FDU was actually the very first university that got in touch and I mean, I was lucky enough that there were several opportunities, several universities that were offering places there, but there was something about FDU that when I spoke to the coach there at the time that I thought, I, this place feels good. But on top of that, back in 2008, I'd gone to New York to Manhattan with my family on holiday and just completely fell in love with New York. It was just Beautiful. something I'd never, I'd never seen anything like it before. And, Jealous of you guys every day that you're so close to there still. Um, and as soon as I kind of figured out, you know, the location wise, I just thought I have to go there. And so I progressed the conversations with FDU and I did a little bit of research with the guys that were on the team at the time. I mean, I'll come on to it later, but social media is a bit of a, it's a sensitive spot with me. I'm not a biggest fan of it, but it gave And, you know, you get an honest review from the guys on the team. And we, I kind of built some rapport with them. They had great things to say about the university. And six months later, I was in Teaneck, New Jersey. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, Mary, how did you get into FDU? Where did it start your 
your decision making into getting into FDU and helping so, kids like us. Something that you probably don't know is I'm actually an alum. Oh. I did my mm. undergraduate at Seton Hall, and then I was working in the city. Love the city, you guys know that for Dun and Bradstreet. And at the time, DMB was offering um, free tuition, which a lot of companies don't do anymore to get your MBA. And FDU was doing classes at DMB. So I'm like, this is great. Let me get my MBA. So I did that and um, really fell in love with FDU because initially the classes were at DMB, but then um, as you progressed, you went onto campus and it was a forum campus and, and I loved it. So um, I continued working at DMB. And then after I had my second child, I stopped working for a couple of years. And I said, you know what? I loved FDU so much. I have my MBA. I want to teach. So I started teaching at FDU and I started on the Metro campus and really fell in love with the Metro campus and, you know, Love the diversity, love teaching. And then they pulled me to Florham. So I was actually teaching on both campuses and helping the students, helping the students, you know, find jobs and with their resumes, even though that wasn't my role, you know, I really enjoyed helping them make a difference. And then this role was created seven years ago and it was just perfect for me. So then I stopped teaching and I started doing the career development and corporate relations and, you know, just you never looked back. So uh, just I love FDU. It's a, it's a great place. How satisfying is that feeling to see you help these kids out, especially like me and Sal right now? We haven't graduated just yet, but you've been a big influence on us to get to, for example, where Jacob is. What is your drive for that? I mean, it's great. I mean, it's one of the most gratifying experiences. I love helping students. And when I see you get an internship, and uh, I think I even helped Jake with an internship, and then I see you graduate and like Jake to go on and be so successful. It's just so rewarding. I, I, I love my job. I love, you know, going to work every day. And that's the the most exciting thing is really helping the students and, and seeing them um, really grow and, you know, change. And what's really amazing is, you know, someone like Jake who's graduated and is now giving back and is so successful and is here helping other students. So it, it comes Absolutely. full circle. So Jacob, Jacob, where did you find that, like, you know, it wasn't just a sport, that after sports, there's actually, a, you know, a career after it. Where did you get that drive to say, hey, I got to take school as serious as I do my sport um that is 100 percent come from my parents if you'd have given me the choice when i was 10 years old i only had visions to become a wimbledon champion like every kid does at that age but my and i think i had a little bit of a devil and an angel on my shoulders i had my dad who probably would have liked me to try and push that dream but i also have my mum at the same time saying look all it takes is one day to break an ankle some form of injury and if your career is done what are you going to fall back on and now I look at that and you know I'm very grateful for my parents trying to make sure that that balance was kept throughout the whole time. That, that's exactly a great example because that's kind of what happened to me I go into school as a baseball player I didn't really take school that serious but then I ended up having some uh, you know some technical issues and I had to restructure my life and realize hey school is really important I should really start looking into it so the fact that you came in like that, that's, I, I amend you for that. Absolutely. And it's a yeah. big, it's a big message that you're giving to younger kids, especially going into college, because like, like Oliver said, you know, they were closed minded. They only focused on sports rather than having that backup in their desired field. And of course your desired field was in business. So take me back to when you actually chose FDU to be your university, as you were saying it before, you know, were you really just focused like, Bring me back to that mindset when you were first a freshman. Were you just focused on sports and just focused on, you know, tearing it up in tennis at a D1 level? Or did you still have that mindset that, you know, I need to have business as a background just in case things don't fall through? 
like you mentioned? Um, freshman year, I don't think is a good reference year. I was, uh, <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was going from being with probably a big fish in a small pond to an extreme opposite. And when I first arrived, it was a whole new world for me. I'd never lived away from home before. And it was a completely new experience for myself. And so I spent, in all honesty, the whole of freshman year trying to figure out a balance between trying to be the best athlete I could be, trying to be the best student I could be, and trying to enjoy life at the same time, separate to that. So it was a difficult balance, but I always had family and friends back home that were trying to help keep me on the straight and narrow. And, you know, for, for anyone that looks to go to college, I didn't visit when I first, I just joined straight away off the conversations I had. And when I first got to FDU, you know, you have these ideas of the, the American pie kind of big massive state school and all of that. And, and when I got there, FDU is your smaller fit school. And that for me worked 100% better. I got to know the professors a lot more closely. I got to, you know, the classrooms that were smaller. It, it just worked so much better for me. And so I think finding that balance, some of it is luck, but at the same time, FDU gave me the opportunity to learn in an environment where I think I actually would have done worse in what I perceived I was going to. Absolutely. And with Mary, I mean, what was it like first meeting Mary? You know, what was that experience like? And, you know, how much of an impact has she had in your life so far? Honestly, you probably don't realize it, Mary, but you've set me on the current course I'm on. Um, so the, the teammates that I had that I spoke about earlier when they were first introducing me to the school, they were the first ones that told me about you. And they said, you know, if you're looking for work experience or internships, you've got to go meet Mary Staken. All right, okay. And I got to, I, when I first met you, I was like, ah, yes, I've seen you around FDU before. He's definitely the person I should be getting in contact with. Um, and I actually did my first job on campus was a job that you gave me doing some research for the Dean at the time. That's right. Yeah. Oh I, I love I it. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Hey, that's the funny I thing because it's very similar with me. When I first met with Mary, it was at a PDP event. It's a professional development event at FDU okay. where we got to meet the recruiters at different firms. And I was, I was, I was talking to Ali. It was my first time meeting Ali too that day. I was like, who's this woman? She seems very nice. She seems like she's okay. helping everybody. I feel like I should know her too. And she said, that's Mary Saken. You need to connect with her. You need to know who she is and she will help you so much. And obviously Jacob, he's had so much impact on your life, but continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love it. Um, and so after I did that first job, um, I'd also give a massive shout out to Teresa O'Neill. You guys yes. as a pair have just been phenomenal. Um, I'm sure you've probably met the wonderful Teresa as well but you put me in touch Mary with Teresa who then helped me get an internship my junior year at a wealth management firm in Teaneck and I did a whole summer's internship there as a I was a finance and marketing that's what I studied and I did this marketing internship at the finance firm so it was a perfect combination and after I graduated I actually got rehired by the same company full-time and worked there until I left America. So without you guys, I would never have gone on that path to then end up working where I am now in the UK as well. So I'm 100%, I'm forever in debt to you guys for where I've got to so far and I can't thank you enough for it. It's crazy because- It's like you guys make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. 
I got to share my story when I met Mary. Mary, um, right when I got her, I was like, hey, I need an internship. I don't know what to do. So I hear there's a business business office. And I'm like, business <laughs> office? Like, they don't even tell us where this is. We have our own advisors being athletes. So I walk in there. And I'm like asking a lot of questions like, oh, you can talk to Mary. And I just walk in. I'm like, hey, like, I start talking to Mary and I just start telling her what my mindset is, my goals. I was like, you know what? No problem. I'm going to call my friend right now, Enterprise, and you're going to get a job. <laughs> Literally within 24 hours, I had a, basically an internship at Enterprise for the, next, for the next summer. So without a doubt, Mary, you're definitely MVP of FDU. So. <laughs> you guys are making me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 100% for sure. So, Mary, I want to ask you a question. How important is it to network? You've always told us that. How important is that to network being a college student? It's so important. It's um, not what you know, it's who you know. But I would even take that a step further. It's not what you know or who you know. It's who knows what you know. So, it's so... <laughs> that was good, right? That was good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, and, and pre-COVID, it was easy. We had a lot of um, networking events, and you could go to different um, events and galas. And, you know, Oliver, you were at the um, Hall of Fame event. And um, it, it, it's, it's easy. But now with um, this new world that we're living in, hopefully just temporarily, it's a little bit more challenging, but um, can still be done. And, you know, you can Zoom with people. You can reach out and you can say, do you have, you know, 20 minutes? Can we talk on the phone or can we Zoom? And you know, people are working from home and people, you know, don't have to travel. So they might be a little bit more accessible, but um, even by using LinkedIn, it's so important to, to network because, you know, it's, it's people that are going to help get that internship or get that job. It's not just sending your resume blindly to a company and, and you never know, you know, who knows somebody else. So, so, so important. So this virtual world, did that change anything up? This is kind of for both of you guys to speak on this. Did that change anything up in your careers and the goal you guys are trying to send, or was it just a normal thing? I'll let Jake go first, and then I'll tell you from FDU's point of view. Jake? Especially no, for no, Mary, yeah. please, okay. go ahead. <laughs> okay, for <laughs> us, it changed everything. I mean, um, everything was turned upside down because we had our events planned for the whole entire spring. I mean, I was supposed to take a group of students to Roxton, England. Um, we had all these PDP events, and we take students to the city, and we had a pivot, and, you know, people that are able to pivot are the people that are going to be successful and we had to put everything online everything on zoom what was good about it was we got guest speakers that we would have never had before because again it's easy for them to join from the living room couch and you guys have heard you've heard ken austin you heard people that you probably would have never heard before so you know that was good um you know trying to keep the students engaged has been challenging we're trying to plan for the um fall and even though we're going to be on campus. Our events have to be on Zoom because we're limited to the people. So we're trying to come up with, you know, engaging, interesting events. We don't want to miss a bait. We're going to do recruiting events on Zoom. So it's a whole new world. And, um, you know, we're just navigating through it. And I mean, the one thing is we have to remember, I, I really do believe this will be temporary. You know, hopefully by next semester, we'll be 100% on campus. And when there's a vaccine, people will be back together. But you know, it, it's, it has changed the world. So you have to be nimble and you have to be able to, to pivot and to adjust. And again, props to, again, props to you, Mary. I mean, you were able to pivot in a quick sequence. I mean, we heard the news. It was spring break. We're all excited. All right, we can get a break. We can relax. Next thing you know, we're not coming back to campus till who knows when. And, you know, at that point, we were just like, all right, it's just going to be online classes. It's going to be so slow. We're going to be trapped in our houses, all that. Mary came in, as well as many other people from the staff in Silverman College of Business, and they really made it where 
you know, it still felt like you were on campus. I mean, you would have the classes during the mornings or at nights, and then in between you would still have these PDP events, these meetups, you would yeah. still talk to many classmates. And again, I got to meet somebody like Ken Austin, founder of Proper 12 and Terramana, and really connect with him and learn about these stories. Honestly, me and Ali really were inspired from, you know, talking at many of the placement and outreach events for upcoming freshmen. And, you know, we wanted to do the same thing. We wanted to inspire the youth, like I said before. We and, did. you know, and appreciate you for doing it. The fall, so I'm <laughs> Absolutely. You, you guys were great. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, you do. You have to just be able to pivot and, and, and just change. Because if we did nothing, the students would have been so unengaged and you would have felt like you were out on this island you know absolutely I mean? so absolutely. so jacob what did um transfer over to you the same type of question um i would say it's definitely what mary talks about with linkedin has, is super super important for anyone that watches this um to give you a good example of one of the guests that we had on my podcast recently i interviewed him about six weeks into lockdown and he owns his own business. He left the corporate world to start his own company. And he, the minute lockdown happened, reached out to six people on LinkedIn who he's never met before, who have similar businesses to him around the world, that have businesses who have existed for 10, 20, 30 years, reached out to each one of them and said, hey, look, here's my situation. I've seen what you're up to. And I wondered if you'd be willing to have a 10, 15 minute Zoom call and Tell me how you got through the last couple of whether it's a financial crisis or whatever it is. How did your business survive? And he had all six replied. He learned a whole bunch of information. And that's all, you know, from people he's never met before. And I think it's super important at the moment that you don't have a fear of, I don't know this person. I, I'm not going to ask them. I mean, most of the time in kind of the LinkedIn world, people are on there are willing to share information. They want to connect and they want to share the information they've had. So I'd say it's been a big learning curve in just making sure that you have the confidence to say, and the honesty that, yeah, I need and look for help. Um, who should I reach out to to get it? But then the other thing that I think has been fantastic is the work-life balance. I mean, you guys being New Jersey, New York, you'll know it can get pretty crazy at times commuting and trying to fit everything in in life. Lockdown has been a fantastic opportunity to actually kind of reevaluate what means most to you in life. And actually, I found, you know, going out walking with the family more and being closer to the neighbors and the community, it's actually made me better at what I do. I'm more productive and I find you have a much better mindset and approach to the things when you're, you're not being savaged by traffic and, you know, letting everything build up. So I think for all of the, the devastation and the loss that's happened, there has been multiple opportunities and you know a chance to think okay what can i do different the the thing i feel like um you added to that was i feel like a lot of people make a lot of excuses when you're at school you go it's a small school there's not enough things to do there's not but now we're online it's oh i can't focus i can't do this you gotta find you gotta find a read you gotta find a way to get it done you must find a way let's say like oh i can't i can't do anything now because my internship got canceled i can't do like it's a lot of can'ts so I think you hit that on the head right there. You got to find a way. And Mary as well, what you were saying before, it's like you need to find a way to be successful. Not everything in life is going to be easy. So I think that's something I, I mean, took away for it. What you guys are doing with the podcast is fantastic. You know, you're both from the kind of the athletic world and it, you know, the word diversify couldn't be more appropriate at the moment. And you're both kind of looking for, okay, 
what else can I do? What other feelers can I put out there and demonstrate what I'm, what I'm capable of? So kudos to you guys for that. Absolutely. And Jacob, you have, you have your own podcast too. You can't forget about that. And what <laughs> I wanted to bring to light was the fact that you brought up the key word that I took from what you were talking about. It's the productivity, you know, staying focused, even during a time where, you know, society feels like, you know, it's, it's at a great low right now. You still have to pivot, like Marriott said, and continue to work and adapt to many other versatile things that you haven't done before. And like you said, and for us is, you know, taking on things such as a podcast. So you are the co-founder of One of the Eight, a podcast of real world people sharing real life stories, again, similar to us, inspire, enrich, and give back to the community. So what motivated you to start the podcast? And also, what were some of the best stories that your guests shared with you? Nah, I like this question. Um, <laughs> so, so social media, as I mentioned earlier, is a, I say it is a, a necessary evil. It's something that brings lots of good and bad opportunity in the world. Um, but for some reason, we seem to focus a lot on the negativity that comes out of it. There's a lot of news that focuses primarily on the doom and gloom and all of the bad that's going on in the world. And it didn't really sit right with us, me, us being my family. We've started this podcast and hopefully one day this business as a, as a family. And so we wanted to have a little bit of a platform where we can inspire some positive change and you know, people can leave either the podcast that they've listened to or that they've read online and actually think, okay, there's something positive I can take away from there. I'm a little bit more inspired as I'm ready to make some kind of positive change in my life. And we paired that with the fact that we're very lucky that just kind of by life itself, we are connected with people all around the world as a family who are doing incredible things, particularly, I put that from my side solely down to FDU. I mean, I'm forever grateful for the fact that I have friends on pretty much every continent around the world, all because of FDU. And, you know, as friends, we're all aware what everyone's doing, but there's no platform for these things. So we looked at it and thought, okay, why don't we start a podcast and we can actually share the stories that these people that we're so lucky to know are actually doing around the world. So we have guests who have started businesses, started charities, they maybe have overcome illness or saved lives themselves. And it, they're things that you wouldn't necessarily be aware of if we hadn't have started the podcast. So, I mean, recently we've had, we just published an episode with a guy who's originally from England, but now lives in Sydney, Australia. He's started his own business and he's a very happy family man now, but the adversity he's gone through in challenges with losing relatives in his life and was actually held at gunpoint outside his mum's house at one point. He, he's had some crazy times, but he's completely, his, in, his interpretation of his own situations and his, his ability to say, okay, how can I overcome the adversity in my life is what we've looked to try and do with the podcast. But they're also... They're things that you can take away from the episode. Okay, what they're doing, I can do too. There's lots of, you know, your Tony Robbins and your Bill Gates and all of these people who, don't get me wrong, what they've achieved is phenomenal. But after you've listened to their interviews or read their articles, it's like, okay, I'll go back to my real world now. Whereas we want one of the eight to be a platform where you can leave and think, actually, yeah, I could go and help somebody in my community or it's only going to take one article of reading for me to realize I'd like to start that business. So it's, it's a platform where similar to you guys, it's an opportunity to give voice to people who are making real world change. 
No, that's that's inspiring. Amazing. That's amazing. And that's something kind of a little bit what we kind of try to do was the aspect of tell your story. We don't need to be a rock or a Kevin Hart to tell a story. Right. We, are, we are working to get there. But why not hear from people who are working to get there? If I'm over here spreading love and positivity, but I'm not working, whatever I say is it can't be relevant. But I am working hard. I am getting these internships. I am taking these classes. So this is what I've done to get here. And you're here. Why don't you just listen to what I've done? You don't got to do exactly what I did. But that could give you some, at least an idea of, oh, wow, he's gotten there. That's what he did. Because where The Rock is, Kevin Hart and all these people, they had to do kind of what we did to get to where they're at. So it's kind of, you know, it's a little give exactly. or take. There's ladders to this. There's little steps that you've got to take. obstacles. Mm-hmm. So. And you get to hear it from a perspective from an athlete. And for myself, I'm just a regular student, but I still continue to work hard and make the most out of my time at my university. And we were talking about before, FDU is a small you know, campus, but that doesn't matter. It depends how you make of it. What your productivity, your work productivity, it shows your results and how much you've made the most out of it. And for me, I mean... Being, you know, a hardworking student comes along with having a high GPA, but also you have to be networking. Like Mary said, you need to get to know everybody. You can't be silent. You can't just go to campus, go to class, and then go back. You're not going to make it out like that. If you want to be very successful, you got to hear from us, people like Jacob and Mary, who have worked hard in what they do and continue to strive, go above and beyond, never settle. So, Mary, what are some things you feel like are hard to relate to students sometimes that they're not understanding in college? What are some things you feel like they struggle with in college? I think students struggle with um, networking. I think, and I realized this when I first um, started teaching, we would have this um, mentor event where the students would come and they would meet their mentor. It would be, you know, a dinner and the students would all stand in a corner and they wouldn't go and talk to people. And then I realized, you know what? They don't know how to network. Like they've never been taught. If you're an extrovert, it's probably a little bit easier but for the introverts, if you've never been exposed, how do you go up to somebody? How do you shake their hand? Well, I don't know about anymore, but <laughs> how do you start the conversation? You know, how do you end the conversation? So, you know, I realized we have to really teach the students. So now um, every year we do an event on how to network and we practice and we role play and it's a safe environment and we'll have conversation starters. Also dining etiquette. I think you guys came to dining etiquette. You know, students don't know, like, where do you put your napkin? Where is the bread plate? What fork do I use? It's intimidating. So we're trying to break down those barriers and, and teach them, you know, things that um, I think in the past that we kind of took for granted. Um, also, I realized a lot of times when we have speakers, unless you prove to the students, like, what's in it for them, they're not going to come to events. But if you, you know, really let them know that this is going to be engaging. It's going to be interesting. At the end of the day, it's going to help them maybe find an internship or a job. They'll come. You can't just have the CEO of Verizon and say, students come. Like, why? What's in it for me? Some old guy. You know, we found it's actually more engaging to have younger people or someone like Ken Austin, you know, at an event. And we really tried to change the culture and say, you know, this is for you and this is going to benefit you. So, and then, you know, like the two of you, like once you started coming to events, you keep coming. You used to have to bribe students. You used to have to say, oh, professors will give you extra credit. Um, you know, but we've really changed the culture and students are realizing that, you know, the events are important and it's, you know, it's, it's for them, so. I feel like as well as a new generation, I feel like you've dealt with a lot of different generations. So you've had to adapt to that, like a business plan in a way. It's like, this doesn't work anymore. I got to try this new thing out. Is that something you've done to try to get the students yeah. there? 
really, you know, when I first started and we had the professional development program, students wouldn't come to the events. And then you have a speaker and, you know, there would be five students and then they wouldn't want to come back. You know, so we learned from that. And then, then once we had um, the first female to be at Goldman Sachs. The only problem was she was like 100. <laughs> she wasn't 100. <laughs> she was probably in her late 60s. But she was very dry. And the students were on their phones and they weren't paying attention, which, you know, was disrespectful. But, and the woman from Goldman Sachs was furious. And, um, you know, I got an earful and said she would never come back. But, you know, I learned from that, too. You know, you have to have the right audience and you have to have the right speaker. And, you know, somebody, again, could have a great career and a great job and be the first woman at Goldman Sachs. But if they're not going to relate to the students and they're not going to engage them, no, either party is going to get, you know, nothing out of that. And it's going to be, you know, just, it's not going to be a good experience for, for anyone. So, Mary, how do you stay so driven then? Because I would just tell them to kick rocks and I'd be like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm not dealing with you guys anymore. How do you stay, you know, you know so passionate about it? This is what I tell everybody. If you find what you love, you will never work another day in your life. Mm. So I love going to work every day. I love helping the students. I love building relationships. And now part of my job is fundraising. You know, I try to get scholarships for students. And I love that. I mean, that makes, you know, such a difference. We just found a scholarship for an incoming freshman student. It was really hard. A lot of parameters, but we found and she applied. And, you know, it, it was so gratifying for me. I really, you know love helping people so um and loving what i do and if you love what you do again it's not it's not work so that's how i stay motivated don't get me wrong person. no <laughs> you're all, no you're awesome mary you're such a kind person you help you help so much and you know that day when i found out that i got the internship with ernst and young you know i, I was crying like you said like it, it, it's something you work so hard for and that feeling of gratitude and accomplishment it just it feels so good and you know, Jacob, I mean, you work at Babylon, that's a racket company and it connects with tennis. I mean, how does that feel being able to still continue, you know, working with a sport that you continue to love? Well, I mean, I think that was one of the biggest things I took from FBU was that the students are all, you know, in a classroom with professors who are fresh out of the areas that they genuinely worked in. They're not professors who have learned the subject out of a textbook. They've been there and done it themselves. And I I really picked up on that these guys, you know, they, they truly love what they do. And it really stuck with me that, okay, I, I need to make sure that I do that as well. And so, yeah, you're right. I, I feel really lucky to be working at Babalat because, you know, as somebody who played from the age of five, I've been playing with Babalat my whole life. So it's a really, it's a, it's a passion job for me because, you know, whether you're in baseball or whichever sport it's in, if you can stay and work within the brands, not only within the sport, but the actual brand you used yourself. It's fantastic. Um, so I, I, when I left America, I interviewed to be with the company. And the final stage interview was the day that I got back from America after being there for five years. And it, it was a very strange time. You know, it's a big change to go from building a life in the U.S. from 18 years old to 23. It's when you're entering the adult world and you know, as you guys know, you're currently going through it. And Mary, you see it a lot with the students. It's, it's a really pivotal, important time in your life. And so it was a very, very, I do feel lucky because I could have walked from the US and that life that I had into a job that's just, a, you know, pays the bills and you've not really got much emotional attachment to it. But I do with Babala. So I, I feel very lucky for that. That's amazing because I want to become... My goal is, as of right now, is to become like a financial advisor for the simple reason that I hope one day I could help uh, Dominican kids who get those 
contracts, maybe playing their, their – getting involved with, like, the baseball side of everything. Help these guys. Help people. Hey, like, playing for your retirement. Like, playing for your future. Like, this is important. That's why I come from – I'm Hispanic. And a lot of Hispanic communities, they just playing. I'm saving my money under my bed, and I'll be fine when I'm 40. But it's like, you guys don't understand inflation. You guys don't understand these certain <laughs> things. So, giving that education to them is really what my goal is. So, Again, I just want to relate it back to what you were just saying. It's like, you feel like, I hope to feel that I'm not working. I feel like I'm, doesn't even feel like work anymore when I'm doing certain things like that. So, especially something you love. Absolutely. Something you Absolutely. love and you care about. I feel like it, the most important thing is, is just seeing, I, I, my goal in life is to hopefully get someone call me. I just put my daughter through college because of you. I, I just retired because of you. Like, those are things that you can't take away. Like, those are feelings that doesn't matter what money brings will make you feel good no matter what. So. It's the same. What you're describing is the feeling that I have. That, that's the goal, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Is it something you've noticed, Mary, with the students? Is that, I mean, I'm seeing it a lot with Oliver here, but have you noticed a change from students graduating and taking a job that because the career path tells them to versus now it seems, I mean, I'm still, I'm 25. I'm, I'm still fresh out of college pretty much, but I'm, I'm seeing a pretty big shift in people. But I'm seeing a big difference that people now are looking for jobs where it doesn't just pay the bills, but it makes a difference, whether it's to your own family or your community. Are you seeing that change? I, I absolutely am. I mean, um, this generation definitely wants work-life balance. You know, they don't want to work 80 hours a week. You know what I mean? And they want to work for companies that make a difference, whether it's the environment or, or, or whatever, just what they're passionate about. They want to, you know, work for that. And, and, and also, um, you know, a lot of companies like now with working from home, students like that. I actually like that. I never thought I would. I mean, I don't want to do it all the time, but it's not so bad if you work from home one or two days a week. So I think it's more about like the work-life balance and again, finding something that you're passionate about and, and a cause that you care about. And I so feel that's like that's, that's what's good about those PDP events. It's like you hear a little bit about everything. There's a lot of things you go to. Like we went to an HSBC trip and you get to see the corporate side, the different side of everything. So it's like, do I like it or do not? Like you, you're already involved in that. So I think that's huge that our school does that because it's like you get put into these situations where you could, before you even get into an internship, you're like, is this even worth for me? Is this even worth it? So It's true. And, and you know what? Like things like that can rule out or rule in what you want to do. So, like, Jacob, you had a great internship and you had a great job, but you didn't want to be a financial advisor. Yeah, no, that's the biggest thing that I, I learned with my sister. My sister's done a lot of things that she wasn't necessarily keen on in the beginning. And it was just as important for her to do them to realize she didn't want to do them as it was to find things for her to realize that she does want to do them. Absolutely. That's amazing. So, before we let you guys go, how was the feeling getting your first internship, Jacob? How was that feeling like, I did it and... Just that, you know, just knowing that you're there. How was that feeling like? Yeah, uh, it was strange because it was the first time I'd ever had to wear a suit um, for a job. Previously, as a tennis player, and I'm sure you guys know, it's nice to be in sliders and shorts your whole Style. life. I love a little suit. Don't get me wrong. I love a little suit. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just that, there's that feeling, isn't there, that, you know, you get to the office on that first day or wherever it is that the job is and you think, wow, okay, like I'm entering the next part of my life. I think it's one of the biggest 
kind of bookmarks to you entering the adult world. And it forces you to mature and it forces you to realize kind of how I am around other people, whether that's my politeness or my ability to work in a team. It becomes highlighted very quickly. You can kind of get away with it in the classroom. You can get by and hope that some other people in the group will pull the weight for the rest. But once you get out there and you do the internship and your performance really matters, it's a great opportunity to actually think, okay, who do I want to be and where do I want to go? It's great you say that because in my internship, our conversations are like, how's the stock market doing? What do you want to invest in? Where before it'd be immature conversations in college where it's like, oh, uh, what are we doing? What are we getting to eat? And it's like, now you're in these environments where it's, it's all like successful minded conversation. It's how do you grow? What books did you read by any chance? Was that a good book? And I'm over here catching myself like, whoa, I'm having <laughs> very high level <laughs> conversations here. So. I agree exactly with what you're saying right there. And Mary, and Mary, to close it off, you know, how does it feel to see a student athlete like Jacob, like Oliver, and so many others, even even students as well, you know, that like you, you mentored, <laughs> like myself, that you mentored and like so many others become successful <laughs> and accomplish their goals? I mean, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And like Oliver said, you can't put a price tag on it. You know, it's not about the money. I mean, it's why I do what I do. And it's just so gratifying. And, you know, students like you make it easy. But I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. You keep up with your podcast in the fall. This is amazing. You were, you were terrific. Yeah, it's awesome. fantastic, guys. It's really, Thank really you. good. I appreciate that, guys. We, we, You're going to send this to us? Of course. Absolutely. It's going to go on YouTube. It's going to go... Any platform, we're trying to stream it on Apple, on Spotify, all those different places. Because yes, we have- for viewers, yeah, tune in. We're expanding it. We're going through Anchor, and it'll you know portray on Spotify and Apple, and of course, we're going to continue on YouTube. Awesome. So go ahead. This to our PR department. I think we should do a press release and put it out to the media. I mean, think about this. This is so cool. Two current students, a former student that's in the UK that has such a great job, all coming together to talk about this. Of course. I like that. That sounds I, good, Mary. That Sal, sounds awesome. Sal and I always have a saying where nobody's trying to be a somebody. We don't, we want to just create that. We have that mindset. Why, why can't we get these people? Why? Right. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of people I've reached out to, like the MLB agent. I was like, he DM'd me and said, I want to be on the show. He was like our third guest. And it's like, it's crazy how much, you know, you could really impact people's lives. And I just got a text message two days ago. Somebody just going, at 7 a.m., I wake up to a text message. I'm going, bro, I just want to let you know I really love your podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. It motivates me. And those are things that, like, you can't put a price on that. You can't. Absolutely. So. Even kids back in my high school, they're just, they're just inspired. They're like, Sal, I wouldn't have never thought you are doing something like that. A podcast? What? Yeah. And it's just, why not? I mean, and we always say this, too, you know, you never know. You never know who you're speaking out to. You never know who wants to come on. You never know who's watching. And you never know who you're inspiring. And again, thank you. Ken Austin, um, he's going to agree to do the alumni event. You guys can join. And then we can ask him then. I mean, I'm sure he would. You get somebody like that, too, it would be incredible. Absolutely. Amazing. What? 100%. The other day, I was on FaceTime with Pedro Martinez. I'm like, hold up. Like, this thing is getting (laughs) out of control here. Like, this is, it's nuts. It's nuts. So awesome. You guys can do it. I have faith in you. (laughs) Thank you, man. Sal, send it off. Sal, send it off. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, wait. Before you go. Oh, oh. <laughs> go. I'll tell you later. Go ahead. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching the final two podcasts. 
we was so it was such a pleasure to have you two on the show and again thank you for watching and peace thank you guys